Years ago, my family was visiting New York City, and we made the mistake of deciding to drive our minivan into Manhattan, into New York City. We paid a lot of money to park that minivan, and one day we were trying to drive it somewhere. We were trying to get to some place, and we missed the turn, and so we ended up paying a toll and going through what I'm pretty sure was the Holland Tunnel. And so we went through the tunnel, we turn around, we go back through the tunnel, and um, we try again. And again, we pay the toll and go through the Holland Tunnel, and then we turn around and we come back through again, and uh, we're, we're really focusing, we're really concentrating, and again, we get in the wrong lane or we make the wrong turn and we end up going, paying the toll and going through the Holland Tunnel again. This time, the lady who had now taken money from us three times to go through the Holland Tunnel kind of did this, where are you trying to go? And I told her and she says, well, you know, look for the sign. There's a sign there, just look for the sign. When you see the sign, stay right. The fourth time we saw the sign, and it was amazing how obvious the sign was. It was clear, and I don't know how I missed it, but sometimes we miss signs we should see, don't we? There are some people who are good at catching signs, even signs that aren't obvious. Jill has a bracelet that she wears on special days that reminds her of our daughter Kayla who passed away when she was four and a half. And she wore it to the weddings of both of our daughters. And it didn't mean anything to most people at the wedding. In fact, I would guess that most people at the weddings didn't even notice it. Or if they did, they thought it was a really odd bracelet for the mother of the bride to wear on a wedding day. But some people noticed it. Several of our family members, several of our friends who had known Kayla noticed it. And it's interesting how a sign that didn't mean anything to most people could mean so much to just a few. And the story of Jesus begins with a sign. It begins with a sign long before he was ever born. In fact, hundreds of years before he would be born, the prophet Isaiah said this, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. The Lord himself will give you a sign. A virgin will have a baby. And when you think about this sign, this plan for Jesus to come into the world long before he was conceived in the womb of Mary, this plan had been conceived in the heart of God. And a few things about this sign uh, that God gave us are surprising to us. The first surprise is this sign was small. This sign was small. I mean, it was a sign, but it wasn't even a spectacular sign. Now, I'm not saying that the virgin birth wasn't spectacular and miraculous. It was. And you all know, of course, that when a virgin has a baby, when that's a miracle. You know that, right? But a baby being born really isn't that spectacular of a sign. I mean, 
God could have come in some spectacular way. I mean, there could have been pyrotechnics going off. I mean, there could have been this huge screen that appeared in the sky, and maybe Moses and Abraham and David appear on this big screen and welcome Jesus in for everyone to see. There could have been thousands of dancing angels. Have you ever known someone who knows how to make an entrance? I mean, you're at a party and the person shows up and it's like somebody pushed pause on the party because everybody stops and watches this person come in and go, wow, don't they look great? Have you ever known somebody who can make an interest? It's, it, it seems like God could have made a more amazing, spectacular, stunning, and godlike entrance into the world. I mean, God clearly knows how to make an exit. I mean, when you think about it, Jesus' death on the cross, his burial, and then his resurrection, and then his ascension, those were pretty big deals. I mean, it wasn't done in secret. Hundreds of people saw Jesus walking around on earth after he came back uh, from the dead. Talk about an epic exit. So if God can do a spectacular exit like conquering death and the grave, couldn't he have done a more spectacular exit? entrance? Couldn't it have been a bigger entrance? But you see, God had already gone big when he created the world. In fact, you can't get much bigger or more spectacular than the universe he created. I mean, our universe is huge. And part of what God created was the Milky Way. Okay, not that one. Although I really like that one. But the one I was talking about is our galaxy in this huge universe that God created. In our little neighborhood of the universe that is called the Milky Way galaxy, there are billions of stars. Billions of stars. But we aren't the only galaxy out there. Scientists tell us that there are over 80 billion galaxies, each with billions of stars. And the universe is so big, we measure it using a measuring tape called light years. One of my smarter pastor friends gave me these statistics, so if they're wrong, that's on him, not me. But um, light travels 186,000 miles per second. That means in the time it takes me to snap my fingers, light will travel around the globe six times. In one minute, light will travel 11 million miles. In one day, light will travel 16 billion miles. And in one, light, one year, light will travel 5,965,696,000,000 miles. And that is what we call a light year. A light year. Now, get this. Now, I haven't tried to do this. But according to my friend, to travel to the edge of the universe, you have to travel... 15.5 billion of those. 15.5 billion light years. Our universe is huge. It's so huge, it's inconceivable. So when God created the world, he went big. But when he entered the world that he created, God went small. He went small. Look at it again. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. The sign 
was a young girl getting pregnant. The sign was in one millisecond, the God who had never been confined to time or to space was voluntarily reduced to the size of a microscopic cell in the womb of a teenage virgin with a pretty ordinary name, Mary. And after nine months, Jesus was born. And when that happened, this talk about God giving signs continued. Look at what the angels told some shepherds about his birth. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Again, this was not grand and spectacular. It was pretty ordinary. His birth was about the most human of human moments. This birth process is a universal experience, but even in the birth process, God went small and humble, not big and elaborate. And many wonder why. They wonder why. Why would God come like that? Why would God take on flesh and blood and decide to experience temptation just like we do, yet live a perfect sinless life why would God allow himself to be mocked and ridiculed and beaten beyond recognition and crucified to die on a cross and these questions lead us to another surprising fact about this sign God gave us and that's this this sign is overlooked it's overlooked again Like it or not, sometimes we overlook signs we should see. There has been a sign on this property since the first day we looked at this building until a week or so ago. And that sign reserved a parking space for carry-out orders for the cafe that was here with the previous business. And when we were developing a list of things that still needed to be done, someone suggested that we should remove that sign. And We spent several minutes trying to explain to one of our staff members who has been on this property nearly daily since May where that sign was located. Apparently, he didn't notice it or he had forgotten that it was there. So one of the facts about the sign God gave us is many, many, many people seem to not even notice it because we aren't good at reading signs. We're not good at reading signs, and the signs are all around us. There are positive signs all around us, people doing random acts of kindness to others and giving to people in in need at this time of year and volunteering at homeless shelters and hospice centers and other places. And members of the military receive care packages from strangers and handshakes and thank yous as they go about their day. And there are some positive signs, and we don't notice them or connect them to the spiritual side of us that causes us to have compassion for others. We also don't connect our difficult, painful human experiences to our spiritual side. We don't connect them to the personal, spiritual brokenness of our soul. Sometimes we don't see the sign or we think it's just a coincidence. And God is saying, the signs are there. The signs are there. The signs of our human brokenness are all around us. And do you know what they look like? They, they look like anger jealousy and greed and hatred and murder the signs look like war and violence and terrorism racism 
human trafficking. The signs of our brokenness are we hurt each other, we betray each other, and we wound each other. Signs of our spiritual brokenness are abandonment and abuse and families that are shattered into pieces and lives that are shattered into pieces. And we think it's all a coincidence. We don't connect that it's a sign of our personal spiritual brokenness. And God is saying, no, it's a sign. It's a sign that you can't fix yourself. It's a sign that you can't do it on your own. It's a sign that you just can't heal yourself. And so there's one more thing that might surprise us about God's sign. And that's this. This sign is needed. It's needed. So God says, I'm going to send a sign. And the sign is a baby. The sign is a baby that will be called Emmanuel. Which means God is with us. God is with us. So you have a God with you in your imperfection, with you in your loneliness, with you in your pain, with you in your brokenness, with you even in your sinfulness. And if you read the sign correctly, then the sign, you will know that the sign is declaring loud and clear, God loves you. He loves everyone. He loves us enough to come to earth and die a horrible death to take care of our sin. He loves us enough to come and be with us. And I don't know where you are in your spiritual journey. You might love Jesus or you might hate Jesus. You might love the church or you might hate the church. But I do know this, that if your picture of God is anything other than a God who loves you fully, a God who loves you unconditionally, you have the wrong picture of God. Because he loves you. He loves everyone. He loves your grandma who's always been close to him and maybe drug you here today. He loves your uncle who mocks and ridicules those who believe in and follow Jesus. He loves your friend who's the biggest hypocrite that you know. And your friend that is... Um, the biggest sinner that you know. He loves that friend who's spending Christmas incarcerated this year. He loves that person who used to go to church but hasn't been there in a very long time. He loves the person who is going to be partying tonight and the person who's struggling to continue counting days clean and sober. You see, whoever you are, whatever you've done, he loves you. And this is the sign. A baby was born. We call him Emmanuel. We call him God with us. You have God with you even when you didn't think you needed him with you. I mentioned earlier our daughter Kayla and I remember the night she was born. I remember that my mom and dad were at the hospital. They hadn't been at the hospital when our other daughters uh, were born, but we had moved closer in the meantime, and they decided to come and sit in the waiting room that night. And I remember about 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night suggesting that they go home. Honestly, I didn't want to have to leave my wife who was in labor to give them updates, and I wasn't sure I wanted them there. And when our daughter was born, and it was immediately apparent that there was something wrong, I was glad my mom and dad were there.
You see, I didn't know it, but I needed them with me that night. I needed them with me that night. And maybe you're here today and you didn't know you needed to be. But don't dismiss what God might be saying to you. He says, this baby born at Christmas is a sign for you. A sign that God loves you. A sign that you don't have to do life alone. A sign that you're not a mistake. You are not a screw up. The sign was a virgin conceived and gave birth to a son. And not any son, but the son of God. The one who can take care of your sin. The one that can take care of your failures. The one who can give you a new start and a second chance. And she named him God with us, Emmanuel. God is with you and he is with you now. And you may have walked in here lonely and you know, you just... You were lonely and you just wanted to be with people and to feel like you weren't alone. And you may have even thought earlier in the service that this was a really bad idea because sometimes when we're lonely and we get into a crowd of people, we just feel more lonely. We look around and we assume everyone else has someone loving them and someone caring for them. And we feel like no one even notices us or knows how lonely we are. And it might surprise you to hear me say, there are many lonely people here today. There are many people feeling the way I just described. And some of the loneliest people in this room came in a car with other family members. You see, they're not just lonely in a church full of people. They're lonely in a house of family and you might have wandered in here today and you didn't even realize that you needed him to be with you but I'm guessing you do I'm guessing when you see the signs of how he's reaching out to you how he's pressing against your soul you will discover that you want him with you this is a sign for you God saw centuries ago that you would need him today. And he set a plan in motion for Jesus to be born at Christmas time for you. For you don't miss God's sign today. Jesus was born for you. He is Emmanuel. God with us. God with you and you. You and you and you and you. Let's pray. Right now, as we bow our heads, some of you just need to take a step towards Jesus again or for the first time. If you need to take that step, a good place to start right now would be just praying a simple prayer, a prayer similar to this. You can just pray this along with me if you want. Jesus, today I'm seeing the signs that you want to work in my life and I want to open my life to you. I need you with me. I need you to give me a fresh start. I want you in my life. I want your forgiveness. Lord, thank you for giving me a sign. Thank you for being with me. And now because I know you are with me, I want to be with you. Lord, help me to take the steps I need to take spiritually so I will never find myself far from you again. In Jesus' name, amen.